Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. Here we are in O Canada. O Canada. O Canada. Oh, Is it weird that I was singing their national anthem <laughs> when they did it yesterday? That's so awesome. I don't know the words. If I know the words, I might have too. No, I was yelling a lot. I'm sure that was like probably better than seeing you is probably better than the yelling anyway welcome to she loves the grid i'm claire i'm diane <laughs> and here we are here we go talking about oh canada canada yeah. grand prix we're, we're recording just so you guys know we normally record right after the race because of the time we're recording the next day it is a beautiful sunny monday here even though it's seven o'clock at night here in Bruin, it's still quite bright outside I do love that about Europe. It stays light in the summer till like 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was showing somebody on uh, the maps the other day, like how high up we are. Like we're above Toronto where we oh. are here in Berlin. So yeah, it's we're, we're pretty far high up on the globe. So I, I guess I didn't really up. realize that. Like when you when you say Toronto, Canada, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty far up there. So that yeah. is, yeah. yikes, burr. How was your week? It was good. The weather's been nice. You know, it's got a little chilly. I still, I still get chilly easily. We had a thunderstorm a couple nights ago, but yeah, got to go and explore Berlin for Father's Day. With though, that's not a thing here, at least on that day. I don't know if they have one here. Don't know, but still hung out and took the dog out and just explored parts of Berlin, which was nice. Oh, that's lovely. I know your pictures that you posted on social media. I was FOMO. <laughs> Big time. I wish I could be there. It looked really lovely. Like I love just the outdoor seating and yeah. It's great. It was great sitting at the beer garden and then going down where the embassies are by the Brandenburg Gate. It was just it was so nice. And there's a I was telling you the special Olympics were in town, so there's a lot of celebration of that going on. So that's awesome. That's awesome. But I made it back in time, just in time, literally like 30 minutes before the race started. I got back to the apartment. Is sit down and watch the race last night just in That's time to be screaming perfect. at the screen a lot. <laughs> I know you texted me at one point. I'm already yelling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably just jump right into it. Like, right. Well, first, for people who are watching, I am wearing our She Loves the Great shirt. Yes. I love it. If you're not on our um, YouTube, go look at it because Claire has. She mentioned it last week, but she got the shirt that says she loves the grid, and uh, I need to go get one also. So yeah, well, we'll get we'll get set up. I'll get our website set up soon at a merch store, so it'll yeah. be fun. We'll get there. Gone. Well, let's we'll get, get started there. with this week. We'll get some of the pre stuff before we get to the race that made me yell. I was happy, but so it made me yell. Uh, the first <laughs> really cool thing: um, the safety car it's 50 years since the start of the use of the safety car <laughs> yes and it started in canada and i actually listened to i think it was um it wasn't beyond the grid it was f1 nation i think their podcast last week and they had the driver on and they he's been the driver for over 25 years i think and they were asking him you know when you first started did you think you'd still be doing the safety car 25 years later and he's like no but he really really enjoys it so i mean it's important what they do so that's just kind of a fun fact for this weekend well there's something you could apply to do next yeah <laughs> he actually has racing uh history so yeah yeah darn it that makes sense that makes sense but anyway but speaking of it, that was a really cool race track. I love some of the aerial views and just like the whole thing we talked about last week that it was, uh, you know, the World's Fair was on it. And they, they talked about that a lot during the, the pre-shows and whatnot. And yeah, that it's an island, right? Yep. And, the, and the waterway, but it's really cool looking at the aerial views of it now that's made into a track. I was surprised how bumpy it was. Yes. They, and it kind so of makes sense being on the up. water, but you know, you would think since it's made just for racing now, it might be a little better, but wow. But I've heard they do open it up kind of like um, part of Australia. So it's like kind of a semi-permanent track where they do let other like bikes and different things go out there. But so many of the drivers were talking about how bumpy it was like, I, in several interviews from practices on just how bumpy um, 
that was. But I think it is a beautiful track. And I think some of my favorite areas where there was, it just looked like they were driving through the woods, you know, where it was just trees on both sides and there's no stands and no nothing. It's just looked peaceful. We love (laughs) it. And the groundhogs, right? I love the groundhogs. I'm glad they weren't really, didn't seem to be running out on track this year like they have in the past. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the teams kept posting pictures, uh, like like tweets and whatnot about the groundhogs, which I thought that was hysterical. I love them. <laughs> I think they're adorable. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. So we had some teams bring some upgrades, or yeah. at least a couple that they talked about a lot. So your team, Aston Martin, they brought in... Um, for sure, a new floor. So the edging kind of changed from, I think, being a little bit maybe more wavy to just straight or vice versa. Now I don't even remember. Um, so they talked about that. And then above the side pod near their uh, Aram, I do say it Aramco, Aramco, I don't know, um, that logo, it's a different shape. So that's a huge change. They kept saying like, Oh, it's a step, right? Like it's a step in our upgrades, but it's major the changes that that they did make. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to tell how that panned out because obviously Fernando did amazing, um, but Lance was, you know, kind of just in there. Yeah, he kind of struggled, and then even with with um, Fernando doing amazing, they said toward the end of the race that you know they thought they were having a fuel issue, and then you know, that he kept having to do some strategies to maybe conserve fuel and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, at least for race day, that yeah, could they have done better? They were, they were talking to Mike Crack at the end of one of the post-race interviews about that. So, we'll yeah, see the next I, one. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Um, I thought it was a bold statement by Papa Stroll to say that he um, wanted both teams on the podium in Canada. Yeah. And I know Fernando kind of came out, he must have been asked about it. And he said, well, that's, that's kind of a tall order, but (laughs) it's not like Fernando's giving up that podium. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. And this being Lance's home race, he did take his mechanics out to dinner one night. Um, It sounds like it might've been a sandwich type place, but I thought it was kind of cool that it was a place that Papa Stroll used to take Lance, but then Lance's basically grandpa would take Papa Stroll there. So it's, it's a place that the family has gone to for many, many, many years. Um, so I thought that was just really kind of special. And, and I know a lot of drivers do that. We just don't usually hear about it, but you know, I thought that was kind of a, a cute story and I, I appreciate that Lance is taking care of his people. Yeah. He's a good guy. There's, a lot of the racers are really good. So it's really yeah. cool. Williams. I thought I, I still, I get it, but I don't get it. The strategy of upgrading one car versus the other, and then you see the outcome of what happened. I mean, yeah. uh, Well, I think it makes sense because upgrades are so expensive, and especially with the Williams, where they have been really struggling, right? And you don't want to do it on both cars if it's not going to work. So if you... Better to just put it on the one, put it on the more experienced driver's car, and let's see what what he can do with it. And we'll talk about Alex Albon later on. Um, but to me, I think it is smart, especially when you're a small car company, basically, or one of the smaller teams, and you just don't have that that budget <laughs> to like throw it on both cars and and do it. I did hear, so this is kind of interesting, and and we need to look into this. But I did hear that James Bowles, who's the principal for Williams, is petitioning that um, F1 to see if some of these smaller teams can get more money um, because they just cannot keep up with um, teams like Ferrari and Mercedes and, and Red Bull. They, they really are at a disadvantage. And I, I, I need to do more research on it because I just saw this last night and I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know, like, I haven't seen anything and I follow Williams. I read their emails. I, I watch James Bowles um, videos when they come out. I haven't really seen that, but supposedly that might be something that could be approved. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, was it to help offset? Cause they're not going to go near the cost cap because they just don't get enough sponsorship and funding. So they're just yeah. trying, to, trying to get help. 
Interesting. Yeah. But also like the F1, it did it come out this week that they're turning away some of the teams, like basically really big sponsorship opportunities because maybe it's not, they could be more picky about where they're getting their money from. Right. And Williams supposedly did put a billion dollar price tag on F1, the people that took over, you know, for, from the Williams family, they put a billion dollar price tag on the team. I don't know that that means they're selling wow. it, but supposedly like Ferrari and others. So definitely this boost in, in F1, the interest in it has really, yeah. really made the value of these teams soar. So that's Absolutely. kind of exciting. It's interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So Ferrari, <laughs> um, Charles, you may have heard about this, but he had a special helmet that he did. Um, it was a tribute helmet to Gilles Villeneuve, who the track is named after. He's a former race car driver. Yep. And and it came out, I don't even know when, Thursday or Friday, like his family supposedly wasn't happy with that. I think they didn't like the Ferrari logo on it and maybe some of the sponsors um, on the helmet. And so then That's I heard, oh, now he's not going to wear it. But then it came out <laughs> even more info that it was the son who wasn't exactly thrilled with, with it, but the mom and sister did like it. And so Charles did end up wearing the helmet. So oh, I didn't hear about the controversy because I knew he wore it because there was I heard yeah. some people saying something about there's that helmet. I'm like, oh, cool helmet. But the yeah. way they said it I was like, was there an issue? And now I get it. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So that that is that. But I mean, he did end up getting to wear it. And I don't know. I've heard different things about Jill's son. Maybe he doesn't like a lot of things. So, <laughs> but he got to wear it. I thought it was tribute, a tribute cool though. That's really cool. You know, yeah. I, mean, I heard a lot about him and, and the track and all of that. So it's neat to hear some of that history and, and, you know, that's, it's fascinating because it's yeah. been around for so long. It's always neat to educate people about that. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And that, again, it's a track I want to go to. So we'll see as we start to plan our next year trips. <laughs> I told you um, I'd go there in North America. <laughs> what's that? I go there in North America. What? I'll go there. I said I will go there in North America. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> All right, Mercedes. That They've got some pretty cool stuff that they were doing. I, I always love always loved the giving back thing. So I'm glad you yes. grabbed this for our podcast. I think, you know, I thought this was amazing. And again, like more and more I hear about Mercedes, the inner workings. We, uh, we're we not going to talk about it all, but we have talked about the team and, and the things that they do internally. And it just seems like a great environment. But they um, had an update on their Accelerate 25 program. And that is a program that they established um, that they pledged to recruit 25% of their new team members from underrepresented groups from 2021 to 2025. So we're 2023 right now. Um, they have already increased representation by women um, or of women by 50%. And they've tripled the percentage of employees from a minority ethnic background compared to 2019. So they've only been doing this for a couple of years now. They've still got a couple of years to go, but already they're making big a big difference in the diversity of employees at mercedes um, amg so i just think that's incredible wanted to share it um you know i know that's important an important thing for lewis he's very involved especially in women in f1 and you know motorsports and he has his own foundation for that so i just think it's cool that i think it's awesome he's doing yeah that's really, awesome really exciting there you go. And then what we have wrap up for the teams, just for info is Haas. That's pretty, pretty interesting stat for KMAG. Right. So for KMAG, this was his 150th Grand Prix. And I thought that was pretty cool. We talked about before Monaco that that was Haas's 150th um, Grand Prix was in Monaco. So the team in and of itself has only done 150 races, but this was KMAG's 150th Grand Prix. So that's a lot of Grand Prix when you. That's a lot. Yeah. About it. So I just Pretty thought that was a cool stat. I, I love those kind of little tidbits. All right. Well, into the, the event of the weekend. Oh, so okay. practice. Oh my gosh. Oh, like the, the weather. 
just the <laughs> amount of weather well, forecasting for the weekend. It was crazy, but FP1, like, have we ever experienced an FP1 like that? It was almost, it seemed very quickly, well, it had to have been within the first four minutes. You have Pierre who lost his drive shaft and brought out like the first flag. Was like in the first turn? Like, he barely got out of the first turn. It was like, yeah. boom, drive shaft. You're like, yeah. what? It was craziness. But, like, everybody, so everybody kind of starts going into the pits. And then there's the red flag because the CCTV are having issues and they can't resume because of safety issues. So they had a total of four minutes of practice <laughs> for FB1. Here, here we go. When I talk about why don't you just get your tail out there and get something in to begin with? Because if you don't, you just never know what's going to happen. And then yeah. all of those people, all of the teams that got no dry racing time, no yeah. dry practice, no they dry really practice. Did it. That was it. Yep. There was only, what was it, 12 people that went out or that had at least had a time because I thought it was hysterical at the end of the F1 TV broadcast for FP1. They were joking and they're like, oh, we're going to use the, the graphics. So usually, you know how they put up the classification of who finished where in practice. Yeah. And so they had that up and, and then they were the commentators were laughing. They said, oh, we're actually going to go to the second page. And so I think only 12 of the 20 drivers 12. had any kind of a time. They weren't great times because they barely had time mm. to get out there. Um, but I thought that was really funny. And then Haas, I love the social media for the teams. They they are so funny and there's so much like they just do what they do. But Haas posted an FP1 highlight. And it was just pictures of the groundhogs. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the one with the groundhogs. I was like, look at all the groundhogs. Yes. Yeah. And I thought but, that's hysterical because literally that was the highlight. Everybody just sat around for an hour waiting to see if they'd be able to go back out. And they finally called it. And then they said, okay, fine. We will extend FP2 by a half an hour. Um, so they were actually able uh, to go out and do their stuff. Um but Alex's car, since we talked about him having his was the Williams with the upgrades, they put Flovis on his car. So you could see that going everywhere um, while they tried to figure out the aerodynamics. So if you don't remember this, we talked about way early on <laughs> in the season that the Flovis is the green stuff that you see on the car and they put it on there so they can see how is the how are the aerodynamics working? Um, is it working the way that we thought it would with these changes? Um and then what? The only other major thing in FP2 was Nico's car. So that sucker starts smoking <laughs> like crazy. Brought out the red flag. They and then the, the fire extinguishers. The, the marshals went to town with the fire extinguishers. It's crazy. And when they moved the car, did you see that? There was just like fire retardant everywhere. And I swear they chased the car. They chased the car with it too. <laughs> Stop. Well, and I think you told me that the uh, when they got it back to the pit lane, you said one of the marshals was still there with the fire extinguisher. Yeah, they were like with the fire extinguisher, it was still smoking a little bit. But he's sitting there looking at it. You could almost see the 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 pit crew going like, back off, like stop. <laughs> like they, it was like aiming it, like he wanted to stick it at the end of the 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 car and blow something inside. They're like stop. Like you could see him waving him off, like stop it. And he's standing there with the extinguisher and I'm like. Oh my gosh, do not, do, no, stop it. Because <laughs> it was, it was hysterical. No well, and one thing I said to you is I never, ever, ever thought about this because we've seen them use the fire extinguishers before, right? Like there's been issues with people's cars. I never thought about what the pit crew has to go through. They have to clean all of those parts. And it, that's just something to be honest with you never crossed my mind, never crossed my mind that you have to go in there and you're going to have to every little bit nook and cranny, you're going to yeah. have to clean that stuff off of. And I can imagine it goes everywhere. Everywhere. So, well, you saw when they moved the car, what was left, it was just like, <laughs> my retardant was everywhere. It's like you bathed the car in it. <laughs> Those marshals were like, Oh, we got something to do. Get out there. Oh, yeah. That was, I, I was surprised he was able to, well, at least they had oh. overnight, but at least they had overnight to clean the car. The because that wasn't the case in FB3 when Carlos wrecked his car. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And here's the thing. The Ferraris were looking so good. I I think I even met, texted you at one point. They said, I'm afraid to even say it because this is how it, it goes as a Ferrari fan. On Friday, you're so, so, so excited because they look good. And then all your hopes are dashed on Saturday. Um, and, and even more in the gutter on Sunday lately. But Oh, um, I know. I think that was one of the ones I was just, I, I'll text you because I see my a few seconds before you and I'm just yeah. texting you, oh no. And then you'll respond, Carlos. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that was the it. Point, he hit that wall. Like, it was like his tire hit the white line and it had been raining and all that stuff. But his tire hit the white line and he, it just, he lost control, completely yeah. lost control. And he hits the back first. No, he hit the front first. Oh, yeah. Because he stopped. And I'm like, where is his front wing? There's no part of that left. And then, he his, it whipped around and hit the back and it's like oh my gosh they had replaced their uh was it their power unit um on friday so we already knew that both he and charles both replaced that and i'm like oh my gosh that was three out of four that you can use for the entire season are you gonna have to <laughs> rework everything and you've got a matter of hours before hours. so holy moly here I was trying to decide if I was going to have ice cream between the two, and they're having to rebuild the car between the two. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they did it, but props. It was amazing to, to the Ferrari mechanics because he was out there for Q1. We've seen it from several teams already this season, but I don't think those mechanics get as much as much recognition as they should. Because quite honestly, if I was a mechanic and this, my driver smashed into the wall and we knew we had hours, I'd be cussing up a storm in the mid lane. I'd be throwing rags. You, know, you see them, you see them, they, they see them in the garages and they're just like, they're like, oh, okay, we gotta go to work. I'd be in the back being like, what the, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Not meant for the garages, no. no. <laughs> They are much more calm than we are. <laughs> they could not. They could not have a microphone in the garage if I was in there. <laughs> it would not be pretty. <laughs> no, not be pretty. I'd be pissed, and then I'd be giving the driver the cold shoulder like the rest of the day. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> Just go away because I don't have what anything. What did you do to, to my car? You. What did you do to my suspension? What the? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How many times do I have to replace that bolt? As if I don't have enough to do around here. That's right. <laughs> People are going to listen to this podcast and go, what is up with these two? <laughs> we've, had to pick up way, we've had to pick up way too many cars and toys in our day. That's all it is. All right. Qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. So what oh. happened? Poor Say Joe. It. Poor, Poor Joe. Joe. Poor Joe. It's another one of those like right out of the car. Like you're just going... I was like, I love when the commentators go, let's have a replay of that. That doesn't sound very good. You think? I'm kind of surprised he went all the way out, but maybe he thought like it'll kick into gear or something. But if if you weren't watching Quali Q1, um, Joe was barely out of the pit lane and then he had no power. So pretty much immediately the yellow flags out, then the red flags out. And he was able to get it going again because he stopped for a little yeah, bit, right? They and then, rebooted it. Yeah, they rebooted then he the car. Going, and he got it back around, and then he was able to get back out into Q1. So yeah. you know, we had a little bit of a... The commentators kicked me, just cracked me up. Just control out, delete it. I'm like, <laughs> like you and me and computers, like, did, did you turn it off and turn it back on? <laughs> See what they did. I think that's what worked. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that a more technical that all the F one people like it's a little more technical than that. We know, we know, we don't need the commentary. We know we're being funny. Commentators <laughs> said the same thing. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry. The <laughs> <laughs> stuff is backwards in my my bags. I'm trying to fix them, but I'm messing them up even more. Sorry about that. Um, so Haas again had a strong lap, right? Really, yeah. really strong single lap Q1 awesomeness. Then we got to Gasly, and 
listen, people, like this drives me nuts. When you are towards that final couple of turns before you start, during qualifying, during practice, they do it sometimes when those cars slow down. So that way they can gear up and get on a fast lap. And we're counting down the seconds to when Q1 ends. And we've got signs. Was it an alpha? No, I think Yuki was behind. Who was next to signs? He they were like kind of side by side. Yeah. That car goes, signs goes into the um into the you know the lot the line, the racing line. And I think it was Yuki was coming up behind. He was able to get past, but Pierre is on a flying lap and he has nowhere to go. And we all know I'm a Ferrari fan. We all know Carlos Sainz is my favorite driver, but WTF, that was horrible. And I don't blame Gasly for being furious. And afterwards, like Carlos was kind of like, I was impeded so much and we were all impeded. And, you know, the, the, the clock was winding down and we were all trying to get you know to the thing that's no excuse no it, it, when it looked out there almost like, like he was just like la -di -da -di -da -di -da. i mean if you look at the video just oh my gosh it was yeah. it was bad it was so bad and and unfortunately for gasly like he was out he was yeah, knocked him out one of our five drivers because that messed him up and the alpines were also looking very good and so i get why Gasly was so upset. I think I get why he's still upset about it because he is like, he's still mad because where he qualified was what 17th or something. Yeah. Um, how are you going to make that up? Even, even in your car. So out in Q1, we had poor Gasly, DeVries, Joe, Sargent, and then Yuki by 16 thousandths of a second. How close. <laughs> So Just close. not a good weekend for Alphatory. No. <laughs> Sorry. Crazy. Oh, but Sergeant, I mean, Sergeant's just pulling up the back. But it's, it, it, there's a lot of tracks that are new for him. So hopefully yes. he, he gets a break next year. Yeah. It it was a new track. And I mean, two of your, two of the, two of the rookies were out, right? DeVries. Yeah. DeVries and Sergeant. So yeah. um, Piastri was the only one that got through. So. Um, anyways, but on to Q2 and uh, Albon and team Williams, strategy geniuses that they are, <laughs> decided yeah. to put put him out there on slicks, put him out on a soft tire. Which was crazy. Like, what a crazy thing. Right at the beginning, right just at the precipice in between <clears throat> that weather, that was just insane. Yeah. And then everyone who tried at the end just... It was too late. Too late. It was too late. It was too late. They were, Williams was so brilliant to say, we think this is good enough. And maybe Williams, like, what do they got to lose? Right? Like, just go for it. We're into Q2. We'll, we know we'll be starting in the middle of the pack. Awesome. But once he got that tire warmed up, he was just getting faster and faster. So everybody else is on enters. He's on the softs and he's setting amazing times. And he's sitting at the top of, the quali for Q2, the top of the leaderboard. And not only that, but he ended up having the fastest qualifying time out of all three sessions. Smart. Like, so, so, so smart. Like, I can't even that, imagine. Too, too bad that didn't count in Q3. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But it it was it was really exciting. I'm a, I love Alex Albon. I love Williams. Um, and so I was cheering i was cheering for him and like you said everybody else they tried to go to slicks um but it just didn't work out because <laughs> as soon as they did the rain started yeah i just didn't time it right and then the timing even in q3 when you get to q3 so people just uh, made some bad bad changes bad timing changes yeah too. really bad really bad but Charles, i mean i thought you would be screaming did i hear you scream all the way yes, you did. okay i thought i did i thought i did did because almost that was one of my own attacks, I think. Oh no. Yeah, I think it was because <laughs> it he went out fairly quickly, if I remember correctly, in Q2. And he said to them on the radio, I want to switch to slicks. And Javi said, No, we think it's more important that you get a lap time in on the inters, and then we basically like then we can talk about it. 
Well, that did not pan out <laughs> at all. When that happened, the first thing I thought was, oh, Diane's going to be bad. They're arguing strategy with the driver. The driver <coughs> needs to know. They know. We were talking about that. The driver knows what they want at the time, but they feel it. They can feel it. What's out there. They know what they're feeling, yep. especially in that situation. Yeah. Why? Why do you argue with the driver? But Charles was pissed. Um, I hope I can say that. But he yelled afterwards, the tires weren't ready. Come on. Like, you can hear his frustration. But one thing I would like to challenge Charles to do, if he's listening to our podcast, is um, stop asking your engineers. Start telling them what you're going to do. That is what Carlos does. Carlos tells them flat out, no, I'm not doing that. And then does what he's going to do. And it's always paid off. It's always been the right call. Charles needs to stop asking them and telling them and just tell them like, I'm coming in. I think I need to be on slicks. I'm coming in. Good point. Just do it, Charles. Like, just do it. These people do not have your back for whatever reason. I don't know what <laughs> they have against you at this point, because it seems like it's a conspiracy. This is going to be a commercial <laughs> statement, but I think somebody needs to check Javi's bank account because I think he's betting against Charles and, and he's setting it up so that it works out that way. Um, but yeah, I, I just would start challenging Charles to just go with your gut. Like you said, you're the driver. You are out there. Do what you need to do. Um, but he wasn't the only big name to go out in Q2 because Charles didn't go out in Q2. So he's been out Q3, I mean, Q1 in Spain, now Q2 in Canada. But we had Stroll go out, we had Perez go out, K-Mag, and Botas. Those are some Poor big... Poor Checo. Poor Checo. What is happening? Like, I don't there get was it. A, there was a fan site speculating that they're going to switch Checo and, and Danny. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, how quickly you fall. Like he, I don't know if he's trying too hard. I don't know if there's people should start believing conspiracy theories, but he's, he started off the season so strong and the last three races have been just brutal for him. Brutal, brutal, really, really hard. So I, I don't know. And then Q3 happened. Rain was heavy. You could barely see the cars. Max is sliding all over the place. Piastri crashed, right? <laughs> like, but that was his second consecutive Q3. So Piastri of the rookies is starting to um, really step it up a little bit. He, he really is. He really this is. was the, it was in this qualifying though, that again, the tire decisions, because I think this is the one I have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure um didn't Alonso go in and like switch enters for like enters again or something? I was like, what the heck? Everybody else is switching to hards, and I'm like, what's going on or something? They swap, they swap for like the same tire, and I'm like, yeah, why are you doing this? If everyone else is swapping, why are you swapping for this the same tire? I don't understand. Yes. Yeah, somebody did. I can't remember if it was Alonso or not, but somebody did do that. Somebody swapped for something that I, I didn't understand why they did, but it, he he did the same thing in the race too. I was like, yeah. why? Why are you doing this? I don't I don't understand other than maybe well, just more longevity, but race, um, Alonzo only had I think one medium and two hards, or vice versa. It was like the Mercedes had two two mediums and one hard, and Alonzo had one medium, one and, medium two and two hards. So they and, and with it being for most of them a two stop, like there just wasn't a, I don't yeah. know, like a whole lot of Makes options. Sense. But um, so when Oscar crashed, we did end up with a red red flag. Yeah. And Nico in his Haas, I've got great one lap speed <laughs> had just crossed the finish line right before that flag went up. And he was in, in P2. He was, I was not happy, but he was. But then <laughs> later I was like, you know what? I, I, I didn't mind. Cause I was like, cause off the gate and I've seen this a couple of times in a couple of their tracks. So I didn't know Canada being new to this, but I thought maybe it made the same way. I've seen where sometimes that they say that the third position is almost times a better advantage to overtake the second yes. position, which we saw. Yeah. I'm like, you know, could he that did. be a better chance for Alonzo to be there? I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Cause he'll just overtake him right out of the gate. It's not yeah. a problem. It'll be fine. And then of course, you know. Yeah. 
And I think that's, that's one of my questions um, for you, because, okay, just so if you weren't watching Q3, with four minutes, almost five minutes left, Max came into the pits, everybody else started coming into the pits. It was kind of an anticlimactic pouring. after that. It was like pouring rain. Yeah. But that's one of my questions is, okay, if what about these cars that only have like a single strong lap pace? And we know they can't hold that in a race. Is it annoying or is it, yeah, I guess annoying for them to be at the front of the grid? Because they're not going to be able to hold that position. I don't know if it's so annoying. I don't know if it was just because of the car itself or just uh, just the way they're positioned and coming out of the curve that we see oftentimes that, that gets it, you get an overtake there too. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I wasn't too concerned. Um, yeah. Because no. you see that, you hear that, that in a couple of different other checks, they talk about, oh, P2 gets overtaken by P3 often. I have to look mm-hmm. that up and see how often that happens. So I've heard that at a couple of the other tracks that P2 gets to overtaken by P3 right off the start. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that'll happen at Canada and then Anzo just overtaking. So it's not a big deal. I'm not too worried about it. Plus, you know, yeah. it's only, it's not that strong of a car. So yeah, um, I knew he wasn't going to last, but I just think if you, you know, in this season, it de- definitely seems like great placement is so important and so to have a car that's out of position that you know isn't going to you know they could he could hold people up he could start a drs train and and hold everybody up i don't know i just thought that was kind of an interesting question but um what's that and all the penalties yeah i mean the steward's office was like a revolving door on (laughs) saturday because we knew for sure that Carlos was going to have to go in front of the stewards um, for impeding Gasly. But yep. then all this other stuff started coming out. And it was like, Nico has to go before the stewards because he was going too quick with the red flag. And it was after he crossed the line, um, but he was getting the beeping in his ear and he was asking his engineer, like, what is the beeping? Like, am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? And there was a lot of confusion back and forth. And so he just wasn't even aware. Like, it wasn't like he was doing it on purpose. He was asking, what is going on? Do I need to slow down? He's like, I think I'm not going fast enough. And, you know, so he got a, a that's what his penalty was for. So instead oh. of second place, he started in fifth. And then Stroll got a penalty for impeding Ocon. Um, and then Yuki got a penalty for impeding Nico, even though Nico ended up in second, but so um, you had Max and Fernando on the front row, the two Mercedes, and then um, Nico was in fifth after that. But still, like his car was on fire the day before, and he still <laughs> finished that high. So not bad, not bad at all, not bad at all. But yeah, the race. Let's get on to the race because that's all the good stuff. The race. The race. It was crazy. So Hamilton talking about the third, you know, yeah, when you are talk- third and you're sitting behind that first Max, who, I mean, let's just say Max is generally on pole, who has a very quick reaction time. And Lewis does also. He just followed Max, Max right up, mm-hmm. <laughs> just stayed right behind him. And that's how he was able to get past Alonzo at the start. He, but. Yeah, he did exactly what I thought Alonzo would do to K-Mac. So that's why yeah. it's like, that's why it's like, when K-Mac had penalty, I was almost bummed. I was like, ah, yeah. I just like, I just had a feeling it was going to happen. But I, I was confident that Alonzo was going to take him, take it back. So, yeah, you know. That was, yeah. that was absolutely amazing. And then lap seven, we have Sargent is already like, what, he lost power? Yeah, I think it was. That's what it was. And I was like, oh, the two cars and his cars. One's down. Down 19. (laughs) Only 19 are going to (laughs) finish. In lap seven, like that quickly. So, yeah, he was out. What do we have? A virtual safety? It was a virtual safety car. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what happens? Max hitting the bird. Yeah, he mentioned it. He said he thought he hit a bird and it was around lap 12. Um, I made a note of that because, you know, I always talk about Max complaining about stuff. And he talks about he thinks he hit a bird. And then I saw that article this morning. And I was like, oh, I got to eat crow. Huh, bird. Um, <laughs> because they said they found a bird, a dead bird in his his break area or yeah. something like that. Like, yeah. hmm. 
Poor bird. Yeah. He, he definitely, I don't know how that happened. I'm kind of glad I didn't see that, but in the, um, presser afterwards, he said, they asked him about it and he said, yeah, I did. It's still there. And he said, I feel bad for the bird. And I also feel bad for the mechanic that has to take that out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yikes. I missed that on the presser, but oh my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. All right. But we did have another safety car in lap 12. And that lap 12, a lot happened between lap 12 and 14 because it was, uh, well, 16 because the safety car lasted for, for several laps. So, yeah. Had a safety car with Russell. I thought he was going to be out. I forget how many laps he actually lasted after that. But it was he hit that, he hit that curb and just, wow. Yes. But also kind of funny that this week he had a, he had a comment or a quote about there's three drivers on the grid that um, I think he was saying don't have spatial awareness. <laughs> Hitting that curb in the wall there, Russell, like I hate it when a quote comes back to. But you know, it's interesting when he hit it and took that front ring and the damage, it reminded me of uh, the, um, the wreck, the day, uh, was it during practice? Yeah. The, the, from uh, FP3 for Carlos. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, very similar. I was not know if it was at the same location, but yeah, just take out. He just whacked the front wing off, and I'm surprised that they were able to get him back in the race. It was just a couple I, of laps later, like four, lap 14, I he was getting back out there. Believe it. So. I thought at that point, like, forget it. You're going to be racing at the end. Like, just be done for the day. But they put him right back out there. And that's what happened, too, in and the damage wasn't nearly as bad, but in Austin, when he tried to take out signs on the first turn he made it back to the pits and got back out there and finished the race so i i was shocked that he went back out and i was shocked but then then in the pits you had a couple of uh had uh possible unsafe releases but hamilton in front of uh alonso and then norris in front of albon i think both were ruled as not but then yeah. there, were, there were fans all over the the net that i watched it was like oh the you know FIA said that unsafe conditions are supposed to releasing unsafely is supposed to result in a penalty and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, at least they didn't unfairly play it to one, but not the right. other. And, but then this kind of irritated me because Toto, they've got Toto on camera making fun of Alonzo. Cause when Alonzo's like this, like Toto, they've got him going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I the people that see me mimic it, but he's like making fun of Alonzo, like, oversteering or acting like he's like have to you know avoid Hamilton coming out but yeah I saw that after the fact and I mean I uh, thought both were unsafe I thought honestly both were going to get penalties but like you said do. it was I'm just happy it wasn't applied to one and, and not the other but you also had a lot of people going into the pits in that so you had the three leaders Max and Lewis and um Fernando all going in for tires I was kind of yelling at my TV, like, of course, Ferrari's not going to go in for tires. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, that doesn't make sense. But it actually did end up shocking working out for us. Um, and then a whole bunch of other cars, like, that were in the middle went through um, also. So, I, yeah, again, I could not believe that Russell went back out there. That I was props shocked. to Mercedes and, and Russell for that. But, um, and then a little later on, speaking of, because Ferrari didn't pit then, it was probably around, I think you had like lap, lap 29, they were telling him to box and or telling him to switch your strategy or something. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm going to yeah. stay out here. I'm not. Yeah, that's why, that's why I made the note. Science is calling the shots. I yeah. We happy about this. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yep. He's like, mm -hmm. I had a few people over to watch the race and I'm like, we had talked about it before. And I had mentioned how, you know, Carlos will tell them no. I'm not doing that. And they, they, they don't push it. It doesn't seem like his engineer does not push it. They let him do his thing. And so both cars, yeah, they did stay out, which was, I mean, ended up really, really good. I, I don't know how the strategy changed, but it did. <laughs> and it was successful. So yeah. <laughs> then we had another yellow flag on yeah. lap 35. It's a reason Max say like a touch. And then they end up like, like I think Hamilton gets past them and they like connect again. They go off the, the track a little bit. Yeah. Well, Russell, I thought it was funny because <laughs> Russell was like, 
you two have at it. You two do your thing over there. And he just went up the inside and scooted right past both of them and got out of the way. But then it was a little bit later. So they touched there and not that far down the road. They both locked up. I thought their wheels touched, but I think they both just ended up locking up. And DeVries was kind of like slightly ahead of um, K-Mag, who was on the outside. And so there was no place. I mean, K-Mag basically had to follow him into the runoff area. Um, But yeah, they were both able to reverse. They kind of sat there for a minute, but they were able to reverse and and get back out there. But that was a little scary, too. That was scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was around that time that they announced that Norris was going to get that five-second penalty from sportsmanlike conduct from yes. earlier, and that was from after the safety car where he was holding back so they could bunch up the the, the two teams' cars, so yeah, kind of a strategy. So yeah, so they could do the double stack in the pits, yeah. and I don't, I mean, I can't think of the last time I saw an unsportsmanlike penalty. I, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of feeling like maybe back in Abu Dhabi a few years ago, but I, I don't remember the last time that happened, but I'm kind of glad, like if that's what he was doing now, both, well, I shouldn't say both Lando was saying, you know, he still doesn't understand it and blah, blah, blah. But if that's what he was doing, then good. You shouldn't get a penalty. You can't, you can't manipulate the race that way to do a double stack, you know, like, no. You got to put your foot down on that stuff. No, thank you. And then I don't know what was the deal with the Ferrari radios. So at one point, because I wasn't hearing all the radios, but I know at one point Signs was saying he had pace. And so I was kind of thinking he wants to pass Charles. Like he want, he's kind of telling his engineer, I want to get past. Yeah. And then a little while later, we hear Leclerc's radio and his engineer is telling him signs is not going to chase you. And I think there was more than one radio message like that to Charles. Um, signs isn't going to, you know, race you. He's not going to chase you. He's not whatever it was. And I'm like, I want to hear the rest of that because why are you telling, unless Charles asking for something like, why, why are you telling him? Yeah, I was wondering the same because it was kind of out of the blue. I don't know if it was just because that's what F1 TV was showing us or what was up with yeah. that. I thought that was interesting. No, there was definitely more to it. I just don't know who was saying what. Like, was Carlos saying he wanted to pass? And Carlos was like three seconds behind or something. You're not going to – you'd have to speed up. So either he was slowing down because they had already told him, you know, Charles is priority today or whatever, or you both have the race pace and – you know, who knows what was what was being said, but I do kind of want to go back and see if I can listen just to the their radios and hear that whole thing. Because it didn't, I don't know, it didn't make sense to me. Um, it didn't make sense. Well, I thought it was interesting. Of course, I'm sitting there watching it and we're in, in the last, I don't know, last 20 or so laps or more. It was in the order that I predicted. <laughs> so it I, was, I, really, yeah. I really wanted Lonzo to win. But I thought it was interesting. They started talking about... Um, Alonso started asking about them if he stopped the lift and coast because he wanted to win. And the team kept saying, you need to keep it going. I'm like, but he wants to win. Wait a minute. He, he thinks he can win. He, he wants to win. Why? And then it was later on, not there, after the race that Mike Crack was talking about, they thought they had a fuel issue. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, but if they knew they didn't, could he have won? And I, honestly, I think he might have, because at one point when he really started pushing it, he started closing the gap between himself and Max. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is actually going from nine seconds, eight seconds, seven seconds. Like he's closing the gap. Yep. He might have, if he had been pushing it harder earlier on. And then, because this is where I started yelling, because <laughs> he's got 1.6 seconds. They tell him that. I'm like, yes, and it's getting tighter if he gets within DRS and my partner's like, what's DRS? I'm like, it's a chance for him to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm screaming. I'm like, cause it was like player four seconds and it's getting smaller and smaller between him and Hamilton. And I'm freaking out and screaming oh, at it. Yeah. And, and of course the commentators saying that they thought Alonzo was managing the tires. Hamilton's radio said they thought he was having a break issue. Like there's all the speculation back and forth. And, 
but in the end, you know, they they talked about Alonzo uh, something with the, the brakes, but then also with the 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 fuel and any of the tires. Like it was all this stuff. It's like, could he have won? Could he have actually won? That car is looking good. So maybe, 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 maybe. maybe. You it was, never nice, know. To see, it was I, nice to see it, the gap starting to close, you know, and I was watching that the whole time. And I remember lap nine because I was comparing it to Spain and I'm like, Max does not have the lead that like he usually has at this point, you know, the seconds were closing down. But I thought um, after Fernando crossed the line, I thought it was cute. His engineer comes on and said, tell them, you know, we had an issue and, you know, he, they basically are like, we didn't want to tell you about it. And Fernando's like, I could feel it. He's like, he didn't know what it was, but he could feel something was was off. Like he knew something was was wrong. So he just had to, yeah, get through. But I think they hadn't. Could she if they hadn't have? Oh my gosh. I then know. I had to learn about what, you know, that was all about, about the lift and coast. And they were talking about that. It's like, oh yes. He hadn't yeah, had that. So did have... you that well to get second, to be that far ahead and that close to Max? in the Red Bull doing lift and coast the majority of the race. Come yeah. on. Come yeah. on. Exactly. That, that's impressive. That is very impressive. And I would say like, I didn't feel that the Red Bulls looked as amazing on this track as they have it at others. So, and I know Max was saying like, he had a really hard time keeping the, the, the tires warmed up. You know, that was, that was his issue. He was saying, but, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens the next race. Like, okay, so that was Canada. It was cold. It was rainy. Like, there were a lot of different things happening. So what happens with these cars with the upgrades for Aston Martin? You know, was it a weird one-off for Red Bull that they just weren't getting the heat in those tires like they normally do? I, I don't know. I can't. I can barely wait two weeks it's for the only next getting, race. It's only getting cooler in Europe. Oh, anyway. that's true. That anyway, is true. But yeah, and then at the very end, Norris, part of me is like tattletale, but <laughs> reporting Ocon's rear ring. It was kind of wobbly though, and then that was I love the extremely wobbly. It was. It was just so funny to listen to Ocon and talk to the pressers afterwards. Oh well, you know, it's gonna wobble a little bit. So it's no big deal. Like, it was it whatever. did better when his DRS was open. It wasn't as wobbly, but honestly, I was like telling Nor Lando, like just pass him because if that sucker falls off, like you are screwed. Hit you. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, just get past him for your own safety. And he was trying, like, we'll talk about Lando here in a second, but I mean, I don't blame him. I would be tattletailing on Ocon also, because you need to have that, the flag, the orange and black flag, like wave them in. Oh, yeah. You need to come oh, in yeah. and replace that or tighten it down or whatever. All right. Let's well, um, get into some team wrap-ups. Of course, like we said, my predictions. We got uh, Hamilton third. Your predictions second, were so spot on. And I was going to, I was thinking Hamilton, but I would not have done it in the same order. But I thought George, I'm like, oh, maybe something will happen to Hamilton. George will get up there. Um, and then George got out. So you were spot on. And actually a few people commented. I think I got um, somebody commented on the post, but then also I got, um, a DM like saying like Claire was on it. Like <laughs> Claire called it. <laughs> like, yeah, she did. Yes, she did. Um, but Haas really quickly. So they finished very low, not that surprising. Um, I think they had some, some issues overall, but all three, the two drivers and Gunter all said like they do not know what is going on with their tire degradation. Like that is one of the things that is really, really hurting them in a race. So I'm not sure what it is. I don't know what they've got going on with that car that the tires like degrade faster than everybody else's, but definitely something they need to figure out. Um, but back to Alex Albon, who, by the way, was my vote for driver of the day. As soon as that came up, I went straight there and I told the people that were here watching, I'm voting for Alex. And I kept trying to get them to vote, but I don't think they picked up their phone. But like, if anybody deserves that, it is Alex Albon. First place in Q2. Never really got to put a time on the board or get out there in Q3. So it would have been interesting to see what where he could have ended up on the starting grid if they had mm -hmm. been able to actually get out there but 
59 laps on the same hard tire, like out of 70 laps, he was on those for 59. I know people were, uh, there were a few drivers that got stuck in that train behind him. Um, Ocon and um, was it Lando? I think somebody else were kind of like commenting about the DRS train things to the Williams and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You couldn't get past the Williams. So <laughs> yep. yeah, there you have it. But I'm excited to see what happens. I'm hoping in Austria because I'm hoping that these upgrades really have turned a corner. They went from yeah. last place. Now they're in ninth place in the constructor, <laughs> but they're not that far off the team in front of them. I don't remember who it is at the moment, but I mean, there's still a lot of races left, right? That was just round nine of 23 and they can continue to work their way up. So maybe Williams that we were excited about at the beginning of the season is making kind of a, you know, almost to the halfway point. They're one be. point behind Haas and two points behind Alfa Romeo. They're one point behind Haas. So, I mean, you get another race like this one. Now you're, you're up in eighth place. So yeah. I'm excited for them. And I was really, really happy for, for Alex. I think he is yeah. an underrated driver for sure. Um, so oh, great, yeah. great, great personality. I love how he like, like released it there at the end and then he calmed back down. Yeah. <laughs> On the radio. So, it was really sweet. So adorable. Um, McLaren. Okay. So we mentioned Lando a few minutes ago. Lando was driving like a beast out there. He was the overtakes that he did those yeah. late, like late on the break, like getting around people. Very, very exciting. Like so fun to watch. And I mean, I, I think overall, like, I mean, he, the five second penalty knocked him out of the points, um, which I think for the day that he had was really disappointing. So kind of a little bit of bad luck still for McLaren, but. I wonder if there was anything on the radio around that time. Oh, about, but the, it, was he directed to do that? Like, was there any kind of incident in, oh. in the radio that like for him to do that? You know, I'm sure he was. I don't think he would have come up with that on his own. Not saying that he's not a, then, you know, yeah, but, driver, that, but yeah, but to make him, then he took the, he took such a hit, you know? Yeah. It's well, the drivers are the one that take the hit when there's the unsafe pit releases and everything else. It's, it's the driver yep. that, that takes the hit. Um, Mercedes though. Since their upgrades in Monaco, yeah. woo, woo. And Lewis, I one thing that I noticed, Lewis was speaking very positively. Like this is like it's such a turn since I this season. How positive, forward looking, you know, really good feedback versus like the down and trodden in the past. Yeah. No, I mean he definitely seemed very defeated, but I think they made some of the changes like actually having a side pod, the no side pod thing for over a year clearly was not working. So I think he's just excited that like his feedback and the work that mm -hmm. they're doing is really making a difference. Who knows what would have happened if George hadn't hit the wall um, where he would have ended up, but Lewis back on the podium second, you know, super, super exciting. That's two seconds in a row for him, right? Because he was second in Spain. Yeah. Third on this race though. Oh, he was oh he was third. You're right. He was third. I was thinking he was second. Never mind. Yeah. Fernando Alonso is that's right. Fernando. I mean, he promised us that they would not have another race without a podium. Granted, it's only been one race since he said that, but he's back in second. Yep. Yes. That was amazing. And here was a stat that they threw up. And I want to make sure I, I wrote it down because I want to make sure. Um, so this is his sixth podium in eight races, which is now twice as many as he scored in his previous seven seasons combined. That's amazing. What a season he's having, right? He's having like, a great season. I love that at the end of the race, he dropped the big bottle of champagne down to his team. He does that every after every I just, podium. I love that. I, I think that's amazing. That. This this podium was higher, so I was a little nervous. Like I hope that yeah. catches it. But I mean, what a season for Fernando! I'm so glad we're getting a chance to watch this. I'm so glad you're into it, so you can experience because he's your favorite driver now. But like, I'm so excited for him and for Aston Martin. Like, what a season already! Oh, I yeah. can't wait to see it continue. Um, 
But Lance, he, at the very end, I don't know if you saw that. I did. He right at the very end. Literally at the, at the finish line, at the checkered flag, he beats Botas, moving him into the points. I was like, what in the and world? He has two points happen? versus just one. Yeah. It's a blink and you miss it kind of a moment, but then with Lando's five second penalty, it moved it moved him into the higher place. So, place yep. Yeah. So we got two points out of that. Amazing. Like not giving up. It's just I was so excited um for them. So hooray. Also equally excited for Ferrari because we actually had double points. Yep. We actually had really a good strategy. Or he Carlos did? was a very good strategist, and that's what they went with. Um, but <laughs> I will take it. I don't care. It was not a sad day for Ferrari fans. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can continue that momentum going forward. I also am a little worried that I, I'm hoping that they're not going to prioritize Charles over Carlos. Like, I hope if they are tight that they let them race. Like, yeah, don't just because Charles had a crappy season – Let's not just prioritize him so he's getting back into the points. Um, you know, let's let them do their thing. Um, so, Red Bull, you mentioned this with the seconds. Um, how much time? When it finished, I think that he was only 10 seconds ahead of Fernando. And it I saw the graphic. 9.57. 9.57. So, Every other race, I think, has been, except for Australia, where they finished under the safety car, I think has been more than 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, was like, I hope this is a turning point, and it's not all the other stuff that we talked about, the not being able to keep the heat in the tires, it was cold weather, you know, all of that stuff. I hope it really is a change in the upgrades that both Mercedes and Aston Martin are bringing, and that it's closing that gap. Um, earlier in the yeah. week, Fernando said that he was asked a question. He said he would be happy if they were within two seconds of max instead of 20 seconds. Um, and they weren't quite at the two second mark, but they have pretty much cut that in half. Yeah, so that's huge. That's huge. Exciting. And a lot of the race, it was like four seconds, you know, five seconds. And then, like you said, towards the end, it, it was getting a little bit more, but we know Fernando had those issues. So, that was, um, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I just want to note, and I didn't mention it earlier, and I know we're over an hour already because, you know, this was a lot to talk about today. But uh, as I was pointing out, all through all through the practices and the quality, who's a complainer? Max. Max is a complainer. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> I'm going to keep pointing it out each time. But anyway, just, he did, he did, he did, he did do some cool stuff. That. He was. He, he was some cool stuff. Though. He has some cool st stats. You know, there's 100 wins for Red Bull this this time, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Max has his 41st there. win. What's that? He and Max got his 41st win. So that's cool. He did. It ties him with um Ayrton. Ayrton. I never know if I'm saying that right. Senna. It ties Ayrton, him with Senna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lewis still has over 100 wins, so Max got a ways to go to get anywhere near that. But like you said, it was Red Bull's 100th. Um, uh, win. So they're only the fifth constructor to do that. But I absolutely loved that Adrian Newey yeah. was the one that went up on the podium to Me take too. the constructor. Um, he so deserved that. And I love that Max like drenched him. He drenched him. As soon as they got the champagne, you see Max go straight for Adrian and he was soaking wet, but so deserved. And can we talk about for a minute? the podium. Adrian Newey, arguably, I will say over and over, arguably one of the best car designers in F1 history. You have Max, two-time world champion, Fernando, two-time world champion, and Lewis, a seven-time world champion. Like the most epic podium <laughs> I think well, ever. There are people talk about like, would that be like a great grouping to have like run the 24 hours at Le Mans? Yes. Could you imagine? Do it. Like, could you imagine? That would be no. an amazing team. That would be <gasps> an amazing. Oh, I love I it. I, Could you imagine? No, oh. I'm 100%. That talent, that talent. They need to do it. And I could see all of them wanting to do it, to be honest. Yeah. I think they would enjoy that challenge. Like a hybrid team, just the three of them would be amazing. I love it. 
And again, right. let's give you major props because you called it on the prediction. Yep. We keep we keep those in our uh, highlights. If you're on Instagram and following us, we keep those in there. So you can go in there and look at, at Claire's epic um, <laughs> prediction <laughs> for the race. And you did that. We did that Saturday night, right? So yeah. yeah. Saturday night, yeah. Yeah. We do generally do those on Saturday. Okay. Super, super quick. Yep. Beyond the grid stuff. I don't know if you saw at any of the videos of Danny. I haven't yet. Okay, go watch them. First of all, it's exactly what I said I thought it was going to be. So last week I said it's it's going to be like the Manning brothers doing Monday Night Football and they have all these different people come on and you're barely watching the game. That's exactly how it was. They were barely watching the race, at least from all the clips that I've seen. They had... Um, Josh Allen, who's uh, Danny Rick is a big Buffalo Bills fan. He's the quarterback for uh, Josh Allen's the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He was on there. I saw Marshawn Lynch. I heard Patrick Dempsey was on there. Um, so they had all these different celebrities coming on. But the comments that I've seen, horrible. People, because F uh, ESPN. Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad horror. Yeah, yeah ESPN F one is promoting a lot of the the content, and people are like. Don't ever do this again. This was horrible. We can't even watch the race. Like they're they don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, why, why are you forcing these other celebrities on us? So I don't know. It's their first time. So sometimes things don't work out how you think they will. I have the amazing time. chemistry like us, you know. Yeah, then they don't. <laughs> so maybe they should have us on there. Um but their next one will be in Austin. So they've got a few months that doesn't happen till October. So they have a few months to work this out, but go check it out if you haven't, and then report back. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to share, like the beyond the grid stuff is F1 is partnering now with Make-A-Wish. And I love this for them. I Lewis do has done this in the past. Um, Lewis has had kids come um, that he's met from the Make-A-Wish program, but they will be inviting um, eligible kids and their families to into the paddock. They get the behind the scenes thing at select uh, Grand Prix. So absolutely love that F1 is continuing to partner with some of these organizations, um, which is amazing. Okay, next week, there's not a race, sucks. I don't know what I'm gonna Bummer. do this, this weekend, <laughs> but, but we'll see. The following week, so the end of June, beginning of July, um, is Austria. So that's the Red Bull ring. Red Bull home. Ring. Um, so, it, you know, it's always filled with the red, the orange shirts for Max, the orange stuff, smoke that they do that drives me nuts. So I'm sure it's going to be a big old party there. Um, and then for Grid Basics, we'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll, we still haven't talked about the flags. We could do a deep dive on another team. So if you have a preference or if there's something like a rule or something that you want to know more about, then hit us up on social media. Let us know what you want to hear and we will get it ready. Get that ready. That sounds good. Yay. That was a lot. It was, it was a, a very eventful race with all the rain and everything. So and it really, a lot to I cover. Mean, the whole weekend, it was just kind of a, so much happened. <laughs> so much happening. Well, as always, that was great. I appreciate everyone coming along for this ride with us. It's always yeah. fun. Thank you. We'll Thank see you, you next week. Yeah, on She Loves the Grid. We'll definitely have some fun stuff to cover. Yep. See Bye. You Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.